Welcome to the Project Zion podcast. This podcast explores the unique spiritual and theological gifts Community of Christ offers for today's world. Welcome to Project Zion podcast. This is Robin Linkhart, and I'll be your host today as we chat with Rand Irons in Cardiff, Wales, about virtual ministry. So, Rand, I want to welcome you to the podcast. Thanks for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. I think we'll just start off and have you share a little bit about who you are and your journey with Community of Christ. Sure. Um, so, my journey with Community of Christ happened started a few years ago. So I'm formerly LDS. I was sort of came across and was first introduced to Community of Christ during my university years back in 20, late 2014 and began attending. And then I was baptized and confirmed a member in 2016, just a week before the last world conference. That's yeah, awesome. and, and, yeah. And since then I've moved here to Wales. So I actually met you the first time at that world conference in 2016. I think you mm-hmm. were there with your twin brother, right? Yep. And Elray uh, Henriksen was... introduced us. Yeah. I think it was Elray. Yeah. Elray. Mm-hmm. And so tell us what you're doing in Wales right now. What brings you to Wales and also the kind of ministry you're engaged in with Community of Christ? Yeah, definitely. I'm in, so I'm originally from the United States and I moved to Wales last September to pursue a master's degree in uh, urban and regional development and also to be in the same country with a long distance uh, boyfriend of mine who's now my fiance. Mm. Um, and so there was, there was other reasons for me moving here, not just for the education. But uh, when I, when I got here, Cardiff currently, the congregation in Cardiff currently doesn't meet fairly regularly. And so when I met with Richard James, who also lives sort of nearby in Cardiff, uh, Apostle Richard James, we sort of discussed sort of what my involvement could be, what were the needs in the area, and I was really eager to get involved because I had been involved in previous congregations I had attended. And one of the things you mentioned was a virtual ministry for Europe. They sort of thought about, they sensed that there was a need for, and they asked if I'd be willing to sort of take that on, and I said yes. That's incredible, and how exciting is that to be launching a new ministry? So I know you have a name for your ministry, and you have certain, I think you have certain days that you meet. Tell us about the name. Tell us a little bit about how you got that started. So the name of the ministry is Community Circle. If you see the the symbol, it's um, a circle with a campfire in the middle, kind of a reflection of Community of Christ and reunion and campfire and sort of this community relationship building. So you really wanted to be, this to be kind of a very community relationship-focused space when we were first sort of thinking about what this ministry could look like. So we started off, so we meet every two weeks on Sunday evening. It was originally Sunday afternoon, but we realized evenings were better for more people, so we moved it to Sunday evening. But we got started, They, Richard, Joey, and a few others found people who might be interested, and I believe the first meeting we had four or five people attend so and we we just started from there back in november 2017 so november 2017 was your first meeting you used to do sunday afternoon but now you do sunday evening yes 
twice a month. And are there, are those set Sundays, like first and second, third and fourth? No, it's just every two weeks. Every two weeks. When's your next meeting? So the next meeting is in about a week and a half. That would July 8th. July 8th. And what time does that happen? That happens at uh, 6 o'clock p.m. UK time and 7 o'clock p.m. in Europe. Okay. Because the time zones are a bit different. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the, the content or the focus of your virtual ministry. Yeah, so the content and focus is actually changing a little bit at the moment. We started off with this idea that we wanted the online ministry to look very similar to a community of Christ congregation and how some, like, an order of worship would would work. Mm -hmm. We started off with, you know, prayers and announcements, did an opening hymn, did the lectionary scripture with discussion, prayer for peace, lesson and discussion, closing hymn, and then the Community of Christ mission prayer to end. And also for the sake of just making it a little bit easier for me as I was sort of running these, it was very easy to pick a lectionary scripture, pull some sort of Community of Christ topic that was relatable, uh, pick two hymns and sort of put it together every every two weeks. Mm-hmm. But also because we wanted this ministry to be meaningful to both Community of Christ members as well as seekers. Because there's many people in Europe who are members who don't live near congregations, either because they're the only member in their country, which is quite frequent, actually, yeah. or the congregation near them has has closed in recent years. And so they want sort of a, a space to connect with the church a little bit more often. And so we really wanted to make it sort of feel familiar for both Community Christ people members, as well as so seekers can get a sense of what it is like to be in a Community of Christ sort of congregation or community and what that might look like. You mentioned that it's changing a little bit now. Yes. So we've been running for about seven months. We have a lot more people attending. And we're also sort of in the process of forming a leadership team mm-hmm. with, with several people across Europe. And we really dug down deep into what is the most meaningful aspects of Community Circle. Like, why do people continue attending? What do they find is most beneficial to them. And so as we were going through that process of discerning what next in terms of how do we continue to transform to meet the needs of those who are attending. Sounds like when you first started out, you were kind of like a one person ministry and you ran the back end and you also were delivering the content, engaging people. Is that right? I was helped a bit on the way in terms of contacting people through sort of the the church teams here in Europe. Mm-hmm. So Richard James, Apostle Richard James, Joey, who's the Mission Center President for Western Europe and for the British Isles, as well as others. So as they would meet people and be just, and like talking with them, if they felt that they could benefit from this type of ministry, then they would sort of get them in contact with me. I would talk with them run them through sort of what we do in community circle, what to expect and sort of like get them set up to join us. And so that's kind of the model we've used in order to bring people in. And, and, and now you have that, but I ran everything kind of after that. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's great. So you had um, Richard and Joey helping with, with kind of the relationship contacts and the connections out across the Eurasia uh, mm-hmm. field. And, uh, but you were basically the deliver, you were delivering the everything 
for one person, that's, that's kind of a tough gig because you're not only handling the back end, but you're navigating all the content and communicating that in lifetime. Yeah, I think I, I got a rhythm down. <laughs> That's great. I, I, w- I would say, and, and it helped that it was very open. Like I wasn't writing a sermon every two weeks. Mm-hmm. It was sort of very kind of overarching community of Christ ideas that I could find in a book or off the website and then the lectionary scripture with a few questions. So it, in a sense, it was a bit of ministry for myself as well because mm-hmm. I got to sort of think and pray and consider what to talk about as part of this this ministry opportunity. It was a little bit of church for myself as well in the process. I really enjoyed putting together those services. So Absolutely. I'm assuming that you use a Zoom platform to do? Yes. And is there some way that people can connect to this? For example, does uh, the Mission Center have a link on the page or is this purely by word of mouth and people have to connect with you and then you give them the information. Yeah. So so the model we've taken is more word of mouth than invitation. We don't have a link kind of out there for anyone to sort of who comes across it to join. Uh It's very sort of invitation focused. We do have a Facebook group that's sort of closed um, so that people can kind of, as they sort of are invited into the group as the contact members of the community Christ leaders, then they can get connected with us. So that's a ministry that's sort of valuable to them. And that's kind of how we've done it so right. far. So you largely only have people from the Eurasia field. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We, we, we very rarely have people joining from elsewhere just because it's not an open invitation per se. Right. It, it is an open invitation, but it's not an open link. That so you have sense. you have a focused group, a geographic group that you're connecting with. Yeah. So I know a while back, this was during Lent, I was on the go, and I don't know if somebody posted on Facebook that you were going to do a Lent service that day, but somehow I got a link and I was able to jump on, which was really awesome. And I was actually surprised how powerful it felt. Um, I mean, here I was in my everyday life, running around, doing errands. I think I was in a waiting room for a meeting at one point. And I remember telling you all when I got on that I have to turn off um, my mic because I won't be able to talk or respond to your questions or anything that came Mm -hmm. up. Um, But just the ability to connect with people I know, and there were a couple other people on that I didn't know, um, people I care about, and just the the understanding that we're so connected to each other in the life of the church, no matter where we are. And I believe you and Joey were working together, providing that Lenten service. And it was incredibly spiritually empowering and significant to me, even though, you know, I I had to kind of not be fully participating with voice, but just to hear that and take it in. It was, it was beautiful and wonderful. I think, that was a bit of an experiment in and of itself where we're just like, we should do something for Lent. Uh-huh. Let's have a 15 minute kind of meditation reflection on Lent wherever we are, anywhere, and people just join and, and sort of participate. So, um, yeah. So I, I think it went well. So now you, it sounds like you have some critical mass that are regularly participating. And um, as you said, you formed a leadership team and together 
your discerning next steps um, and mm-hmm. how how your ministry will begin to evolve and take shape in this virtual platform. So um, I know it hasn't been that long since Community Circle has been going, but I do have a sense that it already in some ways has enhanced mission and invitation in your context. Uh, are there a few more things you can say about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think we can start with invitation because it's a very invitational model in terms of getting people connected. It's been really helpful in terms of conversations that we've had and also maintaining relationships with with, with folks who are far from congregations and who may not see another Community of Christ member for months at a time. Um, it's a way to invite them into fellowship with community of Christ, with others who are like-minded, who sort of share this, these beliefs, these values. Um, and that's been quite powerful. And it's also been powerful in terms of evolving relationships and building new relationships. Um, the ways in which it's just a very natural way for people who are engaged in missionary work to sort of just send someone to a virtual congregation and be like, here's a group that you will, you you might be interested in based on our conversations. And it's allowed them to kind of see what community of Christ is about and build relationships with people in other countries mm-hmm. who, are, who are not missionaries, who aren't like church leaders, but who are just sort of regular folks, just kind of living out their lives, living out their, their, their discipleship. And that's been quite powerful, I think. The other piece is mission. And this is the piece that we're really considering at the moment. Like, what does mission mean in a virtual environment and in community circle in particular? And some of the conversations we've had are the ways in which community circle can be a support for those who are living out their discipleship in their day-to-day lives when they may be the only member in their country where they, they don't necessarily have a congregation they can phone up like, oh, here's a service opportunity. We should go do this this Saturday or, or whatever. It's more like, okay, it's just me. What can I do? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and, and, and without that supporting community, that can be very difficult to sort of see the possibilities or potential or, or maintain the energy, the enthusiasm to continue going. But we found that, um, at least for some of the people who have joined us, they've expressed this, that community circle is kind of a place for them to recharge, for them to come back to a a group that, that kind of understands where they're coming from and for them to sort of see the bigger picture again and, and be re-energized to go out and continue in, in mission wherever they're, wherever they're living. And we're trying to figure out at the moment, how do we both encourage that and how do we sort of make that more real in the lives of those who, who participate. So. So um, you've been doing this for a while now, um, several months. As you think about that journey into this ministry, Rand, um, is there anything that you've learned on the way that you wish you had known when you first started out? Really went with the flow and just sort of was very, cautious about maintaining making sure it was manageable Mm. and so I don't think 
I made too many mistakes. Maybe other people had different opinions, <laughs> but it was, it was, uh, it felt at least to me to be quite organic. And I would, I, and I was never wedded to any particular idea. Mm-hmm. I just did like path of least resistance <laughs> wherever that went and, and, and sort of being willing to change based on need. Like when we moved from Saturday afternoons to, I mean, Sunday afternoons to Sunday evenings, we sort of did a, did a, I just did a poll, like who would, what times are best for people and majority said Sunday evenings are just like, okay, Sunday evenings it is. And I, and I think we went from an average attendance of four to an average attendance of six or seven. Wow. Change. Just sort of being, I think probably a best practice that I sort of realized from this is not being so prescriptive and wanting to stick to a model, but willing and being willing to adapt to whatever the need presents itself has been sort of, has worked really well. Um, and consistency is very important. I've, I've been lucky to be able to be consistent, um, for the seven months, only missing twice in those past Mm -hmm. seven months, which has sort of helped people sort of stay engaged and, um, keep it going and keep the interest increasing. So. Yeah, that does sound like some great guiding principles and, best practice and, and wise counsel to those out there in the life of the church who are thinking about possibly um, getting something started or wanting to explore the possibility of joining, partnering with others to see what virtual ministry might look like in their context. I also really appreciated what you said about um, being um cautious when you first started out and wanting to make sure that you could manage, you know, what was unfolding. So you were, sounds like you were very intentional and um, thought things through as you went along, but at the same time, you've been remarkably flexible and allowed it to really flow. So Rand, it sounds like you have really identified some guiding principles in this uh, virtual ministry already. And I really appreciate the way you uh, talked about starting it um, cautiously and wanting to make sure you could kind of manage uh, what what you were doing, making sure uh, you had things in place since you were the guy that was actually doing the back end and the delivery. And at the same time you were doing that, it sounds like you were able to be totally flexible and allow this ministry to really emerge organically and become what it needs to become. And it certainly has grown in a very short time. So now you are working with a leadership team and it sounds like you're in that kind of discernment period where you all are identifying uh, what this ministry is about, um, who it's serving and what it needs to become. So on the, with the backdrop of all that going on, what are some of your ideas or sense of the horizon uh, for a virtual ministry in your context? Uh, what might be coming up? Do you see more ministries emerging or perhaps just going with what you have and continuing to expand on that? Well, I think it's, it's kind of still a bit open-ended at the moment. We do want to do more. We do want to have more of a more frequent and at different times 
different events, different opportunities beyond sort of the the discussion service services and so we're really looking to while maintaining its manageability manageability because everyone is this is all volunteer really looking at how do we make this sort of a consistent part of people's lives more than just every two weeks but what if it was every week what does that look like um what if we offer multiple different types of ways of engaging with community circle based on need, including like a a book group on spiritual practices has been discussed, a space to talk about current issues and how to respond to those issues has been discussed. So so there's many different possibilities of, of where we might go with, with this ministry. And we're sort of, I I think really this, the sky's the limit really. And, and where, where, wherever God is leading, honestly, there, there's really, I, I do believe that something as good is happening here, and we're seeing really the fruits of this effort start to start to happen in pretty profound ways. Many people are joining, many people are showing interest, and that's been really, really good. Perhaps in, in the in the future, other congregations and new countries will spring from from these efforts. I mean, we don't really know what is what is possible here, but from small things come great things, I suppose. We, we were doing a, um, we were having a, a business meeting, actually, um, when we were discussing our leadership team, and we did a dwelling in the word of, it was in Doctrine and Covenants, I think 163 at the end, mm-hmm. maybe. I, I know it was sort of put into the Doctrine and Covenants in 2004, but it talks about how many will come to see this idea of if we live into Christ's mission, if we live as the as the church, then many will come to see what what we have to offer. So back mm-hmm. in November 2017, when we had four people attending, and one of those people didn't end up coming afterwards, I, I don't think I could have ever imagined where we are now with a leadership team with about 20 people that we're in contact with and um, and looking into other forms of what this might become. Just the relationship right. that it forms. Right. The, the connections that have been made have been really profound and, and really good. And I'm really excited to see what that happens from here. That sounds really exciting. I think some of the things you said that are really important for our listeners to make sure they hear is, number one, um, this is a lot of volunteers doing this, that it doesn't take somebody that's a full-time employed minister with the church and also um, the recognition that God's hand is in this, that, that the spirit is moving and there is this sense of uh, heartbeat, this prophetic impulse, this groundswell of, of um, something significant happening in the life of the church in many ways, but absolutely that virtual Ministry expressions are part of that, that it, like you say, it's already bearing fruit in such a relatively short period of time. I think another question that people have is, you know, how much does it cost to do a virtual ministry? And uh, I I could certainly answer from my experience, but but let's hear from you, Rand, because you just got one going. So you have fresh information. 
So I'm a student. I don't have much money. It doesn't cost me anything, really. I use a Zoom account provided by the church, and about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> and even that. And, and internet access, and that's that's pretty much all it takes. Right. Don't even really have re- resources to hand out necessarily. We we really just say, oh, this person needs resources. We talk to the mission center, and they sort of figure out how to get those resources. I'm just sort of one guy behind a computer kind of just talking to people. Yeah, it's incredibly (laughs) cost-effective. And and also at the same time, it's a powerful avenue of ministry. So, of course, I'm in the U.S., and in U.S. dollars, a Zoom account that has the capacity we need is about 130 bucks a year, maybe 150 a year, um, which if you price that out by month is very low. Uh, most people already have internet access, so it's not an add-on cost in most people's lives. Occasionally, we might need hardware, peripheral hardware, like a set of earbuds or, or you know, something like that, but all very low cost. And of course, we have a lot of resources available online too, so we can provide people with links to things. And um, mission center support in the way of providing, you know, hard copy resources to folks that want it and putting them in connection, uh, you know, in, in the, uh, the rest of the, the month when they're not together online, connecting them in ways that help them out. So it's very doable for people that have a sense of uh, wanting to participate um, as a minister, providing the leadership and starting a virtual ministry, but also as someone connecting. Um, and that cost is is zero. If somebody has internet access, they can join yeah. by phone or a laptop, right? Yeah. A computer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. A tablet. Even, a, you know, like an e-reader, a lot of the e-readers now have a, an app where you can go online. So very doable in lots of different ways. So Rand, is there anything else that you want to share about community circle um, that I haven't asked you about? I, I would say for anyone who is interested in doing virtual ministry and, and, and doing that sort of work, just being open to meeting with and talking to, to new people or to be engaging with people in their lives is, is really important. There, there's often, there often is this feeling of a barrier when it comes to the internet. You're not there in person with someone. Mm-hmm. It, it feels a bit more impersonal. And so oftentimes, I know in, in sort of the work I've been doing here, I've had to ma- make an effort to to be with people and to talk with people and to spend time with people in a way that's not sort of going to a church or an event, but it's sort of like sitting down and just sort of go Skyping or Facebook messenger during my day and just being in, in contact with people and being consistent with that communication and being willing to be vulnerable with them mm. and with, with their experiences, I think has been sort of a really important way of connection and a really important way of building relationships, especially in an online environment. But those relationships can be just as profound, just as important to folks as any other relationship. The, 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 there is something that, that can't, that is lost in an online ministry, of, of course, in terms of 
some of the physical aspects of, of ministry, but as, as a means of connection, as a means of sort of bringing people in, um, in anticipation of that more physical connection, more physical sort of presence, it's, it's certainly a way that is, that is profound and, and good for a lot of, for a lot of folks. So, um, I would just say prepare to be transformed as much as you are transforming yeah. <laughs> um, because you you will be affected by the people that you meet and the people that you engage with. And that's, that's important to know and to realize. Yeah. So we do often get questions from folks in the field in regards to virtual ministry and a concern um, or question that, asks, you know, how can relevant ministry happen if you're not face-to-face? And I'm hearing over and over again from folks who are involved in virtual ministry, whether they are the ministers who are attempting to provide that connection or they're people who are participating and connecting, that it does provide um, a powerful connection and it becomes transforming and that we build these deep relationships with folks. Um, I really appreciate how you pointed out being willing to be vulnerable and um, transparent with people. There is a dimension of vulnerability that we need to bring with us into any ministry and certainly virtual ministry uh, is the same in that regard. Um, and also your acknowledgement that there are things that we lose in virtual relationship, whether it's ministry or friendship or family, however we connect on the internet, um, that can only be experienced um, in a face-to-face physical way. Um, so that brings me to a question um, about how are people who participate in community circle um, how are they talking about maybe getting together or what are the mission centers in the Eurasia field considering as far as opportunities for people to uh, meet and gather or connect with the life of the church in other ways as they're able to? Still having those conversations, don't necessarily know yet. There has been a little bit of sort of individual invitation in terms of attending like mission center conferences or meeting with leaders of the church who are visiting the area or meeting with just members of the church who are visiting the area um, and, and sort of having that connection that way. Um, But as of yet, we haven't planned any sort of formal gathering of those who, who attend. Um, Although I, I, I want that to be on the agenda and want us to sort of, continue that moving forward, but we still have to investigate it a bit to see what's, what's possible. Cause it is a continent <laughs> that yes. we're talking about. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, and many of our people who join are from many different countries. So the logistics is a little challenging. For sure. It does get challenging and internet does cross over all kinds of national boundaries. Um, especially in your location where you have many countries in one on one continent. I know that is a question that um, we're asking here in the USA. Uh, Forward with Community is a new virtual ministry as well. We started about the same time you did last 
fall and definitely feel this sense of we're growing relationship with each other and um, people wanting to be able to connect. But the challenge of, you know, vast geography and how does that work and what does it look like? All great questions. And I think, yeah. I think it's great that we most likely will have all kinds of different answers that meet that need and the ways people can connect. All righty. Well, anything else you want to say before we close out our interview for today, Rand? Um, I don't think so. I would just say I'm, I'm a big fan of, of virtual ministry and I think there's a uh, real potential here. So anyone who's considering it, I, I think there's a real opportunity and a real need in a lot of places for something like this to happen. So definitely fully support it. Yeah, you bring up a good point too. So those of you out there listening to Rand share about community circle uh, in Europe and feeling like you want to explore starting a virtual ministry in community of Christ, check in with your pa pastor, uh, your mission center leadership, or your field apostle. There are people out there that are ready and willing to assist and help you uh, navigate your way through and get what you need to support a virtual ministry. Yeah. So Rand, I want to thank you again for joining us today. This has been great. And I really love the opportunity to reconnect with you and to chat a bit. So yeah, thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. And all of you out there listening to project Zion podcast. Thanks for joining us again. And we'll see you next time. This is your host, Robin Linkart. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Project Zion Podcast. Subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, or whatever podcast streaming service you use. And while you are there, give us a five-star rating. Project Zion Podcast is sponsored by Latter-day Seeker Ministries of Community of Christ. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are of those speaking and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Latter-day Seeker Ministries or Community of Christ. The music has been graciously provided by Dave Hines.